0: Thomas Carlyle, one of my very favorite prose writers from the early 19th century. He was six months old and he stood up in his crib and said to his sick brother, what ails ye, we jock. (laughs) He was Scottish and uh, knowing that you can tell that the man was born a great genius. Anyway, so uh, he didn't write much poetry. In fact, I just discovered a few poems that he wrote. He, w- he wrote tons of prose, beautiful stuff. Tragedy of the night moth, magna usus." Tis placid midnight, stars are keeping. They're meek and silent, course in heaven. Save pale recluse for knowledge-seeking. All mortal things to sleep are given. But see, a wandering night moth enters, allured by taper gleaming bright, a while keeps hovering round, then ventures on Goethe's mystic page to light. With awe, she views a candle blazing, a universe of fire it seems, to moss savant with rapture gazing, or font. Where whence life and motion streams? What passions in her small heart whirling, hopes boundless, adoration dread? At length her tiny pinions twirling, she darts and puff, the moth is dead. The sullen flame for her scarce sparkling gives but one hiss, one fitful glare. Now bright and busy, now all darkling, she snaps and fades to empty air her bright grey form that spread so slimly, some fan she seemed a pygmy queen, her silky cloak that lay so trimly, her wee wee eyes that looked so keen, last moment here now gone forever to naught our past with fiery pain, and ages circling round shall never give to this creature shape again, Poor moth, near weeping, I lament thee, thy glossy form, thy instant woe, t'was zeal for things too high that sent thee, from cheery earth to shades below. Short speck of boundless space was needed, for home, for kingdom, world to thee. Where a past unheeding, as unheeded, thy little life from sorrow free. But sirene hopes from out thy dwelling enticed thee, bade thee earth explore. Thy frame, so late with rapture swelling, is swept from earth for evermore. Poor moth, thy fate my own resembles. Me, too, a restless asking mind, has sent on far and weary rambles to seek the good I ne'er shall find. Like thee with common lot contented, With humble joys and vulgar fate, I might have lived and ne'er lamented moth of a larger size, a longer date. But nature's majesty unveiling what seemed her wildest, grandest charms. Eternal truth and beauty hailing like thee I rushed into her arms. What gained we, little moth, thy ashes, thy one brief parting pang may show. And thoughts like these her soul that dashes from deep to deep are death more slow. Kuai Bono. What is hope, a smiling rainbow, children follow through the wet? Tis not here, still yonder, yonder, never urchin found it yet. What is life, a thawing ice board on a sea with sunny shore? Gay we sail, it melts beneath us. We are sunk and seen no more. What is man, a foolish baby, vainly strives and fights and frets, demanding all, deserving nothing. One small grave is what he gets. The Beetle Poor hobbling beetle needs not haste. Should traveler, traveler, thus alarm? Excuse me. Pursue thy journey through the waste. Not foot of mine shall work thee harm. Who knows what errand grave thou hast? Small family that have not dined, lodged under pebble, there they fast till head of house have raised the wind. Man's bread lies among the feet of man, for cark and moil sufficient cause, who cannot sow would reap, and then in beetledom are no poor laws. And if thy wife and thou agree, but ill as like when short of victual, I swear the public sympathy thy fortune meriteth, poor beetle, Alas, and I should do thee scathe to realms of night with heel-taps send. Who judged thee worthy pains of death? On earth save me without a friend. Pass on, poor beetle, venerable art thou, were wonders ne'er so rife. The hastwood bell to Tower of Babel, not gave, the chief of wonders, life also of ancient family, though small in size of feature dark. What Deborah's peer surpasses thee, thy ancestor was in Noah's Ark. Today, so here hath been dawning another blue day. Think, wilt thou let it slip useless away. Out of eternity, this new day is born into eternity at night will return. Behold it aforetime, no eye ever did. So soon it forever from all eyes is hid. Here hath been dawning another blue day. Think, wilt thou let it slip useless away? And we'll go on to the great Edmund Spencer. I don't know if I'll finish it today, but it's called Daff Haneda. Whatever man he be whose heavy mind, with grief of mournful great mishap oppressed, fit matter for his cares increase would find, let read the rueful plaint herein expressed. Of one, I ween, the woefulest mon alive. Even sad Alcyon, whose impierced breast sharp sorrow did in thousand pieces writhe. But whoso else in pleasure findeth sense, or in this wretched life doth take delight, let him be banished far away from hence. Nay, let the sacred sisters here be hight, though they of sorrow heavily can sing for even their heavy song would breed delight, but here no tunes save sobs and groans shall ring. Instead of them and their sweet harmony, let those three fatal sisters whose sad hands do weave the direful threads of destiny, and in their wrath break off the vital bands approach too, and let the dreadful queen of darkness deep come from the stygian strands, and grisly ghosts to hear this doleful tune. In gloomy evening when the weary sun after a day's long labor drew to rest and sweaty steeds now having overrun, the calm past sky gan water in the west. I walked abroad to breathe the freshing air and open fields whose flowering pride oppressed with early frosts had lost their beauty fair. There came unto my mind a troublous thought, which daily doth my weaker wit possess. Nay, lets it rest until it forth have brought her long-born infant fruit of heaviness, which she conceived hath through meditation of this world's vainness and life's wretchedness, that yet my soul it deeply doth impassion so as I mused on the misery in which men live, and I of many most most miserable man, I did espy where towards me a sorry white did cost, clad all in black, that morning did beray, And Jacob's staff in hand devoutly crossed, Like to some pilgrim come from far away. His careless locks, uncombed and unshorn, hung long adown and beard all overgrown. The well he seemed to be some white forlorn, down to the earth his heavy eyes were thrown. His loathing light, and ever as he went, he sighed soft and inly deep did groan, as if his heart in pieces would have rent. Approaching nigh his face I viewed ne'er, and by the semblance of his countenance, me seemed I had his person seen elsewhere, most like Alcyon seeming at a glance, Alcyon he, the jolly shepherd swain, that wantful merrily to pipe and dance and fill with pleasance every wooden plain. Yet half in doubt because of his disguise I softly said, Alcyon? Therewithal he looked aside as in disdainful wise, yet stayed not till I again did call. Then turning back he said with hollow sound, Who is it that doth name me woeful thrall, the wretchedest man that treads this day on ground. One whom, like woefulness impressed deep, hath made fit mate thy wretched case to hear, and given like cause with thee to wail and weep, grief finds some ease by him that like twas bare. Then stay, Ocheon, okay, gentle shepherd, stay, quoth I, till thou have to my trusty ear committed what thee doth so ill, a pay. Cease, foolish man, said he half wrathfully, to seek to hear that which cannot be told. For the huge anguish with doth multiply my dying pains no tongue can well unfold. Nay, do I care that any should bemoan, my hard, mishap, or any weep that would, but seek alone to weep and die alone. Then be it so, quoth I, that thou art bent to die alone, unpitied, unplained. yet ere thou die it were convenient to tell the cause which thee thereto constrained. lest that the world be dead, accuse of guilt, and say when thou of none shalt be maintained, that thou for secret crime thy blood hast spilt. Who life does loathe and longs to be unbound from the strong shackles of frail flesh, quoth he, "Not cares at all what they that live on ground deem the occasion of his death to be. Rather desires to be forgotten quite than question made of his calamity. Her heart's deep sorrow hates both life and light. Yet since so much thou seems to rue my grief, and carest for one that for himself cares not, sign of thy love, though not for my relief, for my relief exceedeth living thought. I will to thee this heavy case relate, and hearken well till it to end be brought, for never didst thou hear more hapless fate. Will o my use as thou right well dost know, My little flock on western downs to keep, not far from whence Sabrina's stream doth flow, And flowery banks with silver liquor steep. Not cardy I then for worldly change or chance. For all my joy was on my gentle sheep, And to my pipe to carol and to dance. It there befell as I the fields did range, fearless and free, a fair young lioness, White as a native rose before the chonge, Which Venus blood did in her leaves impress. I spied playing on the grassy plain, Her youthful sports and kindly wantonness that did all other beasts in beauty stain. Much was I moved at so goodly sight, whose light before mine eye had seldom seen, and gan to cast how I her compass might and bring to hand that yet had never been. So well I wrought with mildness and with pain that I her caught disporting on the green and brought away fast bound with silver chain and afterwards I handled her so fair, that though by kind she stout and salvage wear, for being born in ancient lion's hair, and of the race that old wild beasties do fear, yet I her framed and wan so to my bent, that she became so meek and mild of cheer, as the least lamb in all my flock that went. For she in field, wherever I did wend, would wend with me and wait by me all day, and all the night that I in watch did spend, if cause required, or else in sleep, if nay, she would all night by me or watch or sleep, and evermore, when I did sleep or play, she of my flock would take full wary keep. Safe then and safest were my silly sheep, nay feared the wolf. Nay, feared the wildest beast, all where I drowned in careless quiet deep. My lovely lioness, without behest, so careful was for them and for my good, that when I waked, neither most nor least I found miscarried, or in plain or wood. Oft did the shepherds, which my hap did hear, and oft their lasses, which my luck envied, daily resort to me from far and near to see my lioness whose praises wide were spread abroad and when her worthiness much greater than the rude report they tried they did her praise and my good fortune bless long thus i joyed in my happiness and well did hope my joy would have no end but O fond man that in world's fickleness reposedest hope or weanedest her thy friend that glories most in mortal miseries and daily doth her changeful counsels bend to make new matter fit for tragedies. For whilst I was thus without dread or doot, a cruel satyr with his murderous dart, greedy of mischief ranging all about, gave her the fatal wound of deadly smart and reft fro me, my sweet companion and reft from me my love, my life, my heart. My lioness, all woe is me, is gone. Out of the world thus was she reft away, out of the world unworthy such a spoil, and born to heaven for heaven a fitter prey, much fitter than the lion, which with toil Alcides slew and fixed in firmament. Her now I seek throughout this earthly soil and seeking miss and missing do lament. Therewith he gan afresh to wail and weep, that I for pity of his heavy plight could not abstain my eyes with tears to steep. But when I saw the anguish of a spite, ma some deal allayed, I him bespake again. certes alcyon painful is thy plight that it in me breeds almost equal pain. It doth not my dull wit well understand the riddle of thy loved lioness, for rare it seems in reason to be scorned that man who doth the whole world's rule possess should to a beast his noble heart and base and be the vassal of his vassaless. Therefore more plain I read this doubtful case. And sighing sore Daphne thou knewest, quoth he, she now is dead, nay more endured to say, but fell to ground for great extremity, that I beholding it with deep dismay was much appalled and likely him uprearing, revoked life that would have fled away. All were myself through grief and deadly dreary. Then gan I him to comfort all my best, and with mild counsel strove to mitigate the stormy passion of his troubled breast, but he thereby was more impassionate, a stubborn steed that is with curb restrained, becomes more fierce and fervent in his gait, and breaking forth at last, thus durnally plained. What man henceforth that breatheth vital air will honor heaven or heavenly powers adore, which so unjustly do their judgments share amongst earthly whites as to afflict so sore the innocent as those which do transgress, and do not spare the best or fairest more than worst or foulest, but do both oppress. If this be right, why did they then create the world so fair, since fairness is neglected? or we be they themselves immaculate, if purest things be not by them respected. She fair, she pure, most fair, most pure she was. It was by them as thing impure rejected, yet she in pureness heaven itself did pass in pureness and in all celestial grace that men admire in goodly womankind she did excel and seemed of angel's race living on earth like angel new divined adorned with wisdom and with chastity and all the dowries of a noble mind which did her beauty much more beautify no age hath bred since fair Astria left the sinful world more virtue in a wight, but when she parted hence with her she reft great hope, and robbed her race of bounty quite. Well may the shepherd lasses now lament, for double loss by her hath on them light, to loose both her and bounty's ornament. Nay let Eliza, royal shepherdess, the praises of my parted love envy, for she hath praises in all plenteousness powered upon her like showers of castellay, by her own shepherd Colin her own shepherd that her with heavenly hymns doth deify of rustic muse full hardly to be bettered she is the rose the glory of the day and mine the primrose in the lowly shade mine ah not mine amiss i mine did say not mine but his, which mine a while her made, mine to be his, with him to live foray. Oh, that so fair a flower so soon should fade and through untimely tempest fall away. She fell away in her first age's spring, whilst yet her leaf was green and fresh her rind, and whilst her branch fair blossoms forth did bring, she fell away against all course of kind. For age to die is right, but youth is wrong. She fell away like fruit blown down with wind. Weep, shepherd, weep to make my under song. What heart so starny, hard, but that would weep and pour forth fountains of incessant tears? What timon, but would. Let compassion creep into his breast and pierce his frozen ears. Instead of tears, whose brackish bitter well I wasted have, my heart, blood, dropping, wears, to think to ground how that fair blossom fell. It fell she not as one enforced to die, nay died with dread and grudging discontent, but as one toiled with travail down doth lie So lay she down as if to sleep she went, and closed her eyes with careless quietness, the while soft death away her spirit hent, and soul assoiled from sinful fleshliness. Yet ere that life her lodging did forsake, she all resolved and ready to remove, calling to me, Amy, this wise bespake, Alcyon, all my first and latest love, Ah, why does my Elkion weep and mourn and grieve my ghost that ill might him behoove, as if to me had chanced some evil turn? I, since the messenger has come for me, that summons souls unto the bridal feast of his great Lord must needs depart from thee and straight obey his sovereign behist. Why should Elkion, then so sore lament that I from misery shall be released and freed from wretched long imprisonment. Our days are full of dolor and disease, our life afflicted with incessant pain that naught on earth may lessen or appease. Why then should I desire here to remain? Or why should he that loves me sorry be for my deliverance? Or at all complain, my good to hear and toward joys to see. I go and long desired have to go. I go with gladness to my wished rest, whereas no world's sad care nor wasting woe may come their happy quiet to molest. But saints and angels in celestial thrones, eternally in praise that hath them blessed, there shall I be amongst those blessed ones. Yet ere I go, a pledge I leave with thee of the late love, the which betwixt us passed. My young Ambrosia, in lieu of me, love her, so shall our love forever last. Thus, dear adieu, whom I, make, whom I expect ere long. So having said away, she softly passed. Weep, shepherd, weep, to make mine under song. So soft as I record those piercing words, which yet are deep engraven in my breast, and those last deadly accents, which like swords, did wound my heart and rend my bleeding chest. with those sweet sugared speeches do compare the which my soul first conquered and possessed, the first beginners of my endless care. And when those pallid cheeks and ashy hue in which sad death his portraiture had writ. And when those hollow eyes in deadly view, on which the cloud of ghastly night did sit, I matched with that sweet smile and cheerful brow, which all the world subdued unto it, how happy was I then and wretched now, how happy was I when I saw her lead, the shepherd's daughters dancing and around, how trimly would she trace and softly treed the tender grass with rosy garland crowned. And when she listed vaunts her heavenly voice, both nymphs and muses nigh she made astound, and flocks and shepherds caused to rejoice. But now, ye shepherd lasses, who shall lead your wandering tropes or sing your virilays? Or who shall dight your bowers, since she is dead, that was the lady of your holy days? Let now your bliss be turned into bale, and into plaints convert your joyous plays, and with the same fill every hill and dale. Let bagpipe nevermore be heard to shrill, that may allure the senses to delight. Nay, ever shepherd sound as oat and quill unto the many that provoke them might to idle plaisance. But let ghastliness and dreary horror dim the cheerful light to make the image of true heaviness let birds be silent on the naked spray and shady woods resound with dreadful yells let streaming floods their hasty courses stay and parching drought dry up the crystal wells let the earth be barren and bring forth no flowers and the air be filled with noise of doleful knells. And wandering spirits walk on timely hours. And nature nurse of every living thing. Let rest herself from her long weariness. And cease henceforth things kindly forth to bring. But hideous monsters full of ugliness. For she it is that hath me done this wrong. No nurse but step dame cruel merciless. Weep shepherd weep to make my under song. My little flock, whom erst I love so well, and want to feed with finest grass that grew, feed ye henceforth on bitter astrophel, and stinking smallage, and unsavory rue. And when your moths are with those weeds corrupted, be ye the prey of wolves. Knee will I rue, that with your carcasses wild beasts be glutted. Nay, worse to you, my silly sheep, I pray. Nay, sore vengeance wish on you to fall than to myself for whose confused decay to careless heavens I do daily call. But heavens refuse to hear a wretch's cry and cruel death doth scorn to come at call or grant his boon that most desires to die. The good and righteous he away doth take to plague the unrighteous which alive remain, but the ungodly ones he doth forsake by living long to multiply their pain. Else surely death should be no punishment, as a great judge at first did it ordain, but rather riddance from long languishment." It continues, but thank you.